Welcome to the Uncommon Church Podcast. Today, you'll hear a message from our pastor, Brad Carrington. We hope that it helps you to know God, grow strong in your faith, and do all that he has called you to do. So this is something that we love to do about once a year, and I used to think that, where'd she go? I was just talking to her. I grabbed a mic for you. So um, I used to think people hated these things. And then we would get, I, I even talked about it a couple years ago that I said, I don't think we should do a family meeting this year. And somebody was like, the people love the family meeting. And I'm like, they do not. And then I asked a few people, and they're like, oh, we love the family meeting, it's so fun. So why do we do a family meeting? Um, it's because our family did family meeting, and I don't even know where it came from. But um, anytime there was like a, now I will say this, parents, if you would like to have more conversation with your children, Eat dinner together every night around a table with no electronics. Can I get an amen? Because some people are like, I just don't feel like I connect with my teenagers. Feed them and ask them questions and let them talk. They know everything. They want to share it with you. Um, they know more than you, so give them an opportunity to, to, to tell them how much that they know. Um, so we would have, I mean, we couldn't, you know, with soccer practices and games and basketball and volleyball, we couldn't do it every night, but as often as we possibly could, we would have family dinner. And at family dinner, we didn't talk about important things, serious things. Uh, that was just for fun, just to cut up, just to laugh. Dad, I know you want to correct everything wrong that your kids do at the dinner table. Try not to. Make the dinner table super duper fun. Don't have TV dinners and iPad dinners. Just, just hang out together. Am I like breaking everybody's rules or am I like, are we, are we just leave it to Beaver? Is that what's going on here? We're crazy people, aren't we? We do movie nights sometimes too oh, though, but it was different than family dinner. But then when we needed to talk about something serious, then we'd have family meetings. So it was different than family dinner, right? That's how it worked. They're very house. different. We go into yes. the living room, we'd all sit on the like, couch. Hey, we have some things to tell you guys. Sometimes it was really fun things, sometimes it was serious things, sometimes it was like, hey, mom and dad need to apologize for something. Whatever it was, when we needed to talk about something, we'd go, true story though. It's usually me that had to apologize okay, for things. Okay, okay, yeah, I wasn't gonna throw you under the bus. But when we had to apologize, I've had to apologize, he's being kind. Um, then we would do a family meeting so everybody could focus on what we had to say. So today we have a couple of things on our hearts. Some of them are just random, like over the past few months, we'd be like, oh, we'd wanna share this with our church, but it hasn't tied into a message. Does that make sense? So it's just some things we wanna share with you. Have you touched this couch yet? Um, Yes. I don't know whose couch this is. <laughs> Sarah, is this your couch? It's Sarah's couch. Where's I can't Sarah? stop touching it. Like it goes real smooth one way and then real rough the other. I would get no work it's done. It's called velvet. If this were in my office. Sorry, I get distracted <laughs> easily. I guess so. Okay, family meeting. Family meeting. Focus. Focus. If you're with us and you're visiting this morning, the next section is going to make no sense to you whatsoever. If you're a part of our church, you're going to be excited. A couple of years ago, uh, Jeff and Danielle told us that they wanted to plant a church, and we are Jeff and Danielle's biggest cheerleaders, so we were super excited about that. Jeff is our worship leader, the big like nine-foot-tall guy that leads worship usually. Um, he's not here today, but um, all is well. Just relax. If I take a deep breath. Um, and we're excited about that. And then in January, they sat us down and said, hey, we think this is the year. We're gonna start making plans, rearrange things. Uh, we might even have to you know, quit the church so we can go travel and have weekends to go do things. You know, we're gonna plan a church. And we were super excited about that. And then like five weeks ago, Jeff sat us down and said, 
this is it, the time has come. We need to start planning. I found another job, it's a Monday through Friday, so I've got my weekends free and we can travel and start working on planning a church in a couple of years. So we're so excited for Jeff and Danielle that over the next season of their lives, next couple of years, they can start to move towards planting a church. So we knew that was coming and we had shared that with you guys, but what that meant for us is we've been looking for a new worship pastor. And so we've been praying, Jeff's been praying, uh, we've been interviewing people over the next few, over, uh, for the last, few months. And last Sunday, if you guys remember, we had somebody with us. If you were a team member, you got to meet him beforehand. His name was Gabe, and we were interviewing him, and he was trying out. And um, during that service, somebody on our worship team texted us and was like, hey, I haven't wanted to, it hasn't felt right before, but I'd like to throw my hat in the ring for becoming the next worship pastor at Uncommon. And uh, Brad and I both read the text right before service, and something just left in our hearts like, yes, this is the right person. We're so excited. And so we didn't, you know, do anything about it right away, but we met with this person, we had lunch with this person, we interviewed this person, and then we took a day to pray and really seek the Lord, and it was like just confirmation on confirmation and such an excitement. So... um, this person, drumroll please, our new worship pastor at Uncommon Church is Michelle Stowe. She is not here today because they had a family vacation planned. She is watching on the live stream. And uh, we just, we love you, Michelle. We're so excited for this new season. And you know, the things that we've been feeling from God as we've been praying for the new worship pastor is that God is bringing us into a new season with a new sound and he's doing something new even as he's remodeling our space to make it new. He has a new season for our church and so we feel like a lot of that is tied to worship and it's not um, building something new or building on top of the foundation that's been laid doesn't diminish the past. It just means that God has something fresh for us in this season. And so while we're celebrating Jeff and so grateful about that, we're also celebrating Michelle and the new things that God is going to do here at Uncommon Church. So we'll have another service where we'll bring her up and pray over her and really install her as the worship pastor. But we wanted to give you guys the good news so you don't have to wonder who that's going to be. And we're so excited. So thank you for praying with us that God was going to find the right person. And he did. And it was right here in our own church. So uh, yeah, God, we're so excited. And then, um, so Jeff is just amazing. And he's going to stay on for like another, what is it, four, five, six weeks and help to train, to kind of cross train as Michelle's coming on. Uh, Jeff's going to just coach her up and, and give her all the ropes. I mean, Jeff has spent 11 years building this thing and pouring his life into it. So his last Sunday on the front line, I mean, he might still be around for a few more weeks, but his last Sunday on the front line where we're going to honor him is July 19th. So if you can, we really encourage you to be here, and we really want to honor and celebrate Jeff and the 11 amazing years he's poured into this house, so we're so excited about that. Yes. The next thing, okay, so switching topics from our family No, we're not switching topics. We skipped a part of that. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You have another announcement. Okay, so we are hiring another person that's joining our staff, Brad. Brad. No, it's not me. I'm already on staff. (laughs) For, um, When we were talking to Michelle, she said, listen, Jeff, for like seven years, had David Garcia as his music director, and I feel like uh, I need a music director, somebody that can, that help me to build, and and we can, you know, take things musically, uh, who's super strong musically. And, uh, well, just to make, you know, very long story short, if you've been watching Michaela Dove over the last few months, you're probably thinking, that girl has got some musical game, and she does, so we hired her. Michaela Dove is our new... 
music director. She's back in the tech booth today. She's gifted in so many areas, and we're just so grateful that God brought her to our church and yeah. for the way that she has stepped up and the gifts and talents that we had no idea were on the inside of her that have just been flourishing over the last few months. So God is so good to provide exactly what we need at the right time. So now we're going to go to the next topic. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Okay, we just wanted to say this, and like from the bottom of our hearts. So we're in this season of remodeling, right? And if you don't serve on a Sunday morning team, you're not gonna know what this has been like for the past few months. But we've had our dream team's stuff that they need for Sunday mornings moved around from week to week, day every to day. week, day to day. Like when you come on a Sunday morning, you never know where you're gonna find your stuff. And so we just wanted to say a huge thank you and honor the teams that have served you on Sunday mornings for digging around closets and dusting off the space and finding their badges and where is the usher stuff. It has been a crazy season and you've done it with honor and grace and love and kindness and not gotten upset and we just want to say thank you. Thank you. So if you thank serve you. on a Sunday morning, please stand. We just want to honor you. Yeah, thank you. Stand up. Come on. Thank you to our so usher team, to our welcome team, so to our grateful. growth track team, to our prayer team, our tech team, Yay, our worship team. team. Thank, thank you, thank you, thank you. We love you so much. You may take your seats. So very Connect grateful. Connect in freedom. So many teams, and we just want to say thanks for your patience for and real. grace. Yeah. Um, we also wanted to mention, I don't know why it's me again, so you go. It's got your initial next to it. That's Did you. Did we skip something? Did Brad have a portion? Nah, here? Brad didn't have any of that. No, it's me again. <laughs> Okay, we were praying about this year. We're praying for you guys. Remember back in January how we did the advance, how God gave us the word advance for this year. And um, we were praying again this week and feeling like, okay, God, what are you doing? And he's like, um, well, I told you in January what I was doing this year, it was advance. <laughs> and he reminded us of the mandate that he gave for us for 2022. And you know, sometimes you get halfway through the year, you kind of forget your New Year's resolution or whatever. <laughs> so we wanted to do a mid-year check-in and just remind you guys, just like God reminded us, that our mandate as a church for this year is to advance. And um, I wanted to read from Galatians 3.3. It says this, are you so foolish? No, we're not foolish, but it says, after beginning by means of the spirit, are you no, now gonna try to finish by means of the flesh? And reading that verse, I just felt like God was saying, hey, you started in tandem with my spirit and what I wanted to do in this church for this year, now that it's summer, don't stop and Come just on. start doing your own thing. Continue to advance. Let's continue to follow what God led us to do for this year. So remind yourself of those seven areas that we were going to advance. That's so good. So the seven areas of advancing that this is applies to all of us, number one, is that we would live and operate in a supernatural lifestyle. Yeah. That we would not only study and be trained in how to, but then operate in when you're out in the community, um, when you're out at work, and you're at the dog park, when you're at school, um, that you would pray for the sick, that you would give words of prophecy, that you would give words of faith over people, that, that you would operate in a supernatural way. Number two, which kind of builds on number one, that you would be an evangelist and always be looking for people that need Jesus and be looking for those that the Holy Spirit would speak to your heart to share your faith with and uh, that you would be a person that wants to win the lost wherever you go. Uh, that kind of leads to number three, that we personally, we become better disciples, that we would grow in our discipleship and that we uh, look behind you. Who is following you spiritually? Who are you mentoring? Who can you help to disciple? Now, if, if you're not involved in one of our small groups that meet during the week, today is 
is the first day of our summer semester of you groups. So that, I, I, I double dog dare you. I encourage you to get into one of our summer you groups. They're short and sweet, six weeks long. It helps you to build community, build relationship. These are groups, some of them meet on Sunday afternoon or evening or Monday night or Tuesday morning or whenever. Uh, go to uncommonchurch.tv forward slash groups or stop by the connect table for more information. But man, it starts this week. So Sunday groups start today. I really would encourage you to plug into a summer you group and grow in your discipleship. Number four and how we were gonna advance was in the next generation, our, our, our babies, our toddlers, our children, our young people. We don't believe that there is a junior Holy Spirit, so we want God to move in a mighty way in the next generation. In fact, our kids are going to camp. Is that big kids or little kids this week? Youth camp this week. So I'm telling you what, youth camp every year is a time when God really moves on the hearts of our teenagers, and uh, we just believe in God to really, really move powerfully in the next generation. Number five, and ironic because we're having a big downturn in the economy, that the finances of the people at Uncommon Church would actually grow and increase, and not in our own strength or in the flesh, but that we would trust God to provide, God to bless, God to prosper us, that we could be a blessing to other people. God is not... Uh, broke. He doesn't have an orphan mentality. He is the king of kings and lord of lords. I'm not saying everyone's got to have a Learjet, but, but everyone needs to trust God for blessing and prosperity. Number six is in world missions, and God's already opened up a few doors, and we, we've taken uh, one trip to Romania and Ukraine earlier this year. Um, I've been invited to um, uh, go to, where am I going? Uh, Jamaica and doing a pastor's conference in September, and uh, God's opening some other doors of opportunity for world missions, but I really believe that God wants to do more in our church and world missions. And then number seven, in our influence in the city, in the community. We, um, we're, we're involved in the Chamber of Commerce. We're heavily involved with Six Stones, which reminds me, I got an email from Six Stones this week. Uh, at, at every year, Six Stones partners with churches and, and businesses all over the mid-cities to uh, provide backpacks and school supplies for about 4,000 children right here in Euless and Hearst and Bedford, right here in the Mid-Cities. And it takes about 400 volunteers to, to, to facilitate all of that. The event is July 30th. So if you signed up to be a Six Stones volunteer, you probably got an email this week or you are gonna get one this coming week. Please, if you've got that day available, uh, sign up and, and help to serve our community and to serve it well. Um, if you haven't signed up to be a volunteer with Six Stones, go to the sixstones.org, sign up to be a volunteer and then sign up to serve for Operation uh, Back to School. So, so that's the seven areas that we're believing God to advance our church this year. So we're only halfway there. Uh, ask the Holy Spirit what you need to do to keep advancing. So good. Yeah, I think we all needed that reminder. So let's keep our focus clear and continue to do what God's called us to do. The other thing we want to talk about is something that's been on our hearts, but not really like this could be a full message. It's something very practical that we just want to teach some wisdom. And we do this with our kids at the family meeting, like, hey, we need to teach and train, right, our children. And um, so as a church family, I want to have this conversation, and that's a conversation about social media. So when I meet you guys on a Sunday morning, you're smiling, you're loving, you're welcoming, you're representing Jesus. And we talk a lot about being a witness in our community, but we... This day and age, a lot of the way that people perceive us and see us and see who we are is online. Um, we generally interact with more people via Facebook, Instagram, whatever your online platform is, than we do in person at a Kroger or at our job on a daily basis. And so we just wanted to bring the conversation into your attention that it's so 
important to be mindful of representing Jesus with the things we post on, on social media. That what we post is in a spirit of love, in a spirit of honor, when it comes to politics or different things that are um, controversial in our society, it's good to stand for truth, but sometimes I'm like, the friendly person that I meet on Sunday morning, how is this the same person that I'm reading their online statements and they sound so harsh and hateful sometimes? And so just ask the Holy Spirit to help you when it comes to that. And um, at the same time too, using wisdom. So what we post, I feel like this is the guide for it. Are you using wisdom and are you posting in love? And so for me, when it comes to influence in our community, if we're bashing a restaurant that we just ate because the waitress didn't do a good job, how are you going to invite her to church? You know what I mean? Like it's just wisdom in posting in love. Also wisdom for posting um, modest, modesty accounts. Like be mindful of the photos that you post. Also in being an example for our church family. Like we have people young people, older people that come out of addiction and um, alcohol addiction, alcoholism, like if you're posting drinks and that you're having such a good time or whatever, maybe it's causing somebody to stumble. Like just be wise about what you're posting and pretend, like picture yourself face to face to the people you're talking to online because they're, they're watching. Older people, be mindful what you post because the younger generation is watching and vice versa. So I wanna remind you that everyone is created in the image of God including our politicians. So we should not speak ill of anyone that is created in the image of God. Plus, the Apostle Paul says that we should honor the king, uh, honor the emperor. Now, uh, you have to remember that the, the emperor of Rome was literally killing Christians for sport. But Paul said, no, we need to honor the Caesar. So our only posture to President Biden is one of honor, one of respect, one of love. We, we spent time Wednesday night in presence and prayer just specifically praying for the president. Um, so so if, and if you have nothing nice to say, say nothing at all. Or post a Bible verse or something totally different, but just to um, share what you feel like God has on your heart to pray for, for our nation. All right. Here is the big reason why we called a family meeting so all those were just little nuggets. This is the big one. Are you ready? Can I get an amen? amen? If you look around at this remodel, by the way, if you're a first-time visitor, welcome. We don't normally look like uh, Mad Max met Dune, you know, met Castaway movie. Like, it doesn't normally look like, like Baghdad in the green zone uh, in here um, because we're in the middle of a major remodel. Um, we used to have sheetrock and drop ceiling that, that brought the ceiling down about two and a half, three feet, and everything was covered in sheetrock and it was beautiful. We had carpet and all these things, and uh, the stage uh, was actually, no, it was out there almost uh, to Lucinda's feet, and we had a giant sound booth uh, right back there in the middle, and uh, it was kind of skinny chairs right through the middle, super wide. We had a very, very, very small lobby because the space to your left was uh, nursery classrooms and our bathrooms were a literal time capsule of 1989. 
So um, we had been uh, had some land in, in Cedar Hill, te Texas, and, and we sold that land, and um, we, we had about $400,000 that we wanted to put into a remodel. And to make a long story short, we have removed all the sheetrock, and we've raised the ceilings, and we had to do all new uh, HVAC duct work, and we uh, cut the stage back, and we removed the sound booth so that we could add, I think it was like seven rows of chairs to go deeper in the middle and make more room for more people. Speaking of making more room, we knocked out all the walls in the ceiling and everything out to the left uh, in those old classrooms so that we could have uh, more than double the size of our lobby. We, we gutted the bathrooms down to the studs and rebuilt with new brand new tile and, and uh, just this week, if you haven't been in there, they've installed or starting to install the, the new uh, partition dividers and um, like we are coming down to the, the final stages. Um, obviously, we've still got to paint, you know, paint all the sprinkle, uh, the, the HVAC ducts. Um, they've got to unscrew uh, the sprinkler pipes that shoot down because now we don't have a ceiling so they got to shoot up um, there's just we're, we're, we can see the finish line like we can see the light at the end of the tunnel and we hope it's not a freight train coming our way like we are so excited like we can really start to see the finale from here we bought all new chairs these chairs are almost 30 years old um, so it's time for new chairs we bought them they're here on campus we got 13,000 square feet of brand new carpet it's here it's already on campus um, like we're, we're this close. We've just got a few uh, finishing projects and then just got to pay for a few more things. So we can see the end from here. We're, we're getting super excited, but we're going to need a little bit more money to finish up. And I was talking to that uh, to some of our people this week and one of our families said, hey, I was kind of wondering why you were biting off this major remodel, but you never asked the church for an opportunity to contribute. Like, we as a family, we want to be invested financially in this church building, not just the church as a whole and the ministry in the building. We want a part of our giving to go into this. And I, I said, I, I started to make excuses and tell stories and then basically I just had to apologize. I have never in 47 years been a part of a church that did a healthy building campaign. When I was a kid, our church did a, a huge building campaign. They raised a bunch of money. They bought land. They built, uh, they, they poured a foundation. They built walls. They hung doors. They were starting to hang trusses for the roof. The church failed and dissolved. They sold the land. They tore down the building, and there's now apartment building standing there. In our first job that Josie and I had together where we were youth pastors was a major multi-million dollar uh, fundraising campaign. It took years. And what started in hope and joy and fun and vision and excitement ended with like people kind of hated the building. And there was like this obligation and the guilt to build the building. And another church we worked for, um, uh, they were building, they were buying and remodeling a, a huge remodel thing. And, uh, and then the last church we were at, they, they added an extension, a multi-million dollar extension at all four churches, the pastors are no longer in the ministry. Three of the four fell into sin. One of those buildings was demolished so they could put apartments there. I have never seen a building campaign go well. It always makes people feel guilty for, and shamed if they don't give into it. And I thought, I don't ever wanna have to do a building campaign. And I, my experience is similar too. Growing up, for most of you that at least you've been through growth track, you know I was a pastor's kid growing up and my parents remodeled a building because we bought like an office space type building. And I remember just 
endless. Every Sunday, like, let's raise money for one more chair. And it was so, it just kept going. And I, I, again, saw just that joy dwindling. And then not only that, at the end of when that church dissolved, a lot of accusations for my parents just saying that we're just, they were in it for the money. And they just wanted money and they had mismanaged money. And I was like, I don't ever want to ask people for money for the building. I saw behind the scenes my parents were raising money for the church building. They were never in it for the money or taking any of the money. Those accusations were not accurate. But in my like childhood mind, I'm like, ugh, never want to ask people for money. They're just going to think you're in it for the money. So I don't like building campaigns. So when, this week we're talking uh, to somebody. I'm like, listen, I'm just, I, I, uh, maybe it's me. I'll bring it to the Lord in prayer. And this week we prayed about it. And the Lord, he kind of rebuked me. And like in a nice, loving, fatherly way. But the Lord told me, he's like, Genesis to Revelation, just because you've had a bad experience, it is my plan. It is always God's will that the people of God would be invested financially in the building, in the house of worship. It was always God's plan because God wanted the, our, our heart, our treasure to be in Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. Wherever your treasure is, there the desire of your heart will be also. So wherever you put your treasure, your heart is going to follow. If you're really into the Cowboys, you're going to have Cowboys stickers and sweatshirts and logos and hats. Your, your finances follow your heart. If you're really into fishing, you're going to have all this fishing gear and all these lures and rods and reels and a boat because you're putting your money where your heart is. You know, if you love baking, you're going to have tons of, of measuring cups and scales and all the, the rolling pins because you're really, you put your money where your heart is. So the Lord said, of course, I want people to financially be invested in the house of God because I want their hearts in the house of God. And yeah, we started looking in scriptures just from building the tabernacle to the temple. You know, people brought gifts to make that happen. And I just want to read to you because one of my favorite stories in regards to that is in Exodus 36. And it says, Bezalel and Oholiab, Oholiab, along with everyone who God had given the skill of how to make everything involved in the worship of the sanctuary commanded by God are to start to work. So that's what God said, and that's what we've been doing. People have started working. Some of you guys have come in on Saturdays and helped. We have gentlemen in our church that are heading up this project that are skilled in what we're needing to do, and we're so grateful for that. So Moses summoned Bezalel and Nohaliab, along with all who God had gifted with the ability to work skillfully with their hands. The men were eager to get started and engage in the work. They took from Moses all the offerings that the Israelites had brought for the work of constructing the sanctuary. The people kept on bringing their free will offerings. And I just want to see there that it says free will offerings. It wasn't something that was begrudging or that was asked for over and over. They wanted to give. The people kept on bringing their free will offerings morning after morning. <clears throat> and all the artisans who were at work making everything involved in the construction, one after another came to Moses saying, the people are bringing more than enough for doing this work that God has commanded us. So Moses sent out an order through the camp. Are you going to keep reading until your voice just dies? I don't have any water. Romance. Have you been smoking two packs a day again? <laughs> okay, now I'm good. Your boy. So Moses sent. Thank you. That's a good son right there. Thank you, John. He's my favorite son of all my, my boys. He's my favorite son. Maybe also favorite kid because he stayed local. So yes. right now we're telling the girls he's our favorite. My daughter's <laughs> moved away. So. No, we love all of our kids, even when they move away. But yeah. Okay, I'm going to read this with a stronger voice. 
Um, and it says this, all the artisans who were at work making everything involved in the construction of the sanctuary, one after another came to Moses saying, the people are bringing more than enough for doing this work that God has commanded us to do. So Moses, he sent out orders throughout the camp and he said, men, women, no more offerings for building the sanctuary. So the people were ordered to stop bringing offerings. And there was plenty of material for all the work to get done, enough and more than enough. I just want to read that last one where it says, there was plenty of material for all the work to be done, enough and more than enough. And that was the verse that God spoke to me when we were praying about this because I thought to myself, okay, instead of raising money, how about we just use the floor as is? We don't really need, you know, let's just do less. And let's not put furniture in the lobby. We can just stand around. Like, we don't need to have fancy things, whatever, whatever. And I had this God moment where he reminded me of the sermon of the orphan mentality. And he's like, just think of all the churches that you visited. And they have inviting lobbies and beautiful bathrooms and a sanctuary with carpeting. Um, Do you think I love all those churches and places of worship more than I do on common? Like, you guys are just as much my favorite church as all my other kids. And so as much as we were joking about Joshua being our favorite kid, we're all God's children. And he's like, I want Uncommon to have just as much of a beautiful lobby and sanctuary as all the other churches. I'm not going to try to withhold so you can't finish your project. I want you to have more than enough of materials to finish. So that was for me what I needed where I was like, oh, we don't have to be miserly about how we finish our project. And for me, it was just the Lord, he rebuked me and said, it it is my plan and my desire that the people of God be financially invested in the house of God. And so I apologize. We were wrong to try to do it without your help. And that's the bottom line. We, um, David raised money to build the temple. And then, um, you guys remember the story about, God said, listen, as long as you obey Everything's going to go great, but if you stop obeying me, there's going to be famine in the land. You, you, you won't have access to Jerusalem. You won't have access to the temple. Well, that happened, and the people of Israel, the Jewish people, were dispersed. Most of them were taken captive up into Babylon. They were gone for 70 years, and in that time, they, they, they tore down the old temple. It was just in, in ruins, and after 70 years, God called um, like Ezra, Nehemiah, um, Zerubbabel, Haggai to go back and to go to Jerusalem and re, rebuild the the temple and Nehemiah to rebuild the walls. In Ezra chapter two, it says, when they arrived at the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem, some of the family leaders made voluntary offerings. There it is again, those free will offerings. And um, towards the rebuilding, or in our case, remodeling of God's temple, back to on its original site, each leader gave as much as he could. So our investment financially in the house of God has an eternal legacy. Um, it's not just that we're giving for one time, that there, there's, we'll put it this way, 30 years ago, Metroplex Chapel, the church that, that, that bought this building and, and remodeled it, this was a strip mall in the 80s, and Metroplex Chapel was an up-and-coming church, and they had the faith to raise the money, the capital, to buy this whole complex, and then to, to remodel this into a church. And we are reaping the fruit of what they sowed. 
so many years ago. When we started this demo and remodel, we found scriptures and names and signatures on the drywall in the bathroom it's as true. we were tearing things down. And it's so cool to know that somebody was here and prayed and sowed and gave into what we are now enjoying and the kingdom of God is moving forward. And I was reminded of when we first came here, yeah. Um, before we even owned the building, if you were a part of our church back then, we had Wednesday night presence and prayer, just like we do now. And instead of meeting in our regular building, we said, hey, we're potentially buying this new church building. Let's have a prayer meeting in the parking lot. And we came out here to our parking lot on a Wednesday night and we prayed and we asked God, what do you say about this property? What do you say about this land? Do you want us to buy it? And there were so many prophetic words about the wells of revival that have been dug on this campus and that had, they had been capped off and that God was calling us to come here and uncap the well of revival that had begun to be dug. So in order to do that and do what God's called us to do, we felt led to do this remodel and to finish it, we're going to need to raise about $200,000, which is one third of the building project funds. Yeah, so I want to honor the legacy of what Metroplex Chapel started. I want to honor the, the legacy of the men and women that gave sacrificially 30 years ago. And I want to continue what God has done. Thousands of people have given their heart to Jesus here on this campus. And, and that leads us up to today. What could God do over the next 30 years if, if we join our hearts in faith and, and we remodel this place? And how many more, how many thousands of people could get born again right here on this campus? So um, just to bring you some practical details, we sold that land and um, we put 10% of that money aside into world missions. We always take 10% and the first thing we do is give it to missions. We're not going to spend that money. That's God's money. It's not going to get spent on buildings or salaries. It's always going to go out of our campus. Um, we, we were going to do the demolition with church volunteers. And on literally day one, we realized there is no way. We would still be demoing the walls if it was church volunteers that would be doing this. So we hired contractors. And that just that act alone, that put an extra $50,000 in the budget to have contractors do all of the demo. Since we started this project five months ago, material prices, I don't know if you've been watching what's been happening with the economy, but material prices have gone through the gosh darn roof. Please excuse my French. And um, so here's an example. All of the um, ductwork, right? That bid started at $30,000. By the time we got the final invoice, $50,000. Almost a 100% increase on the cost of the steel ductwork. That's just an ex one example as to why costs have, we've been keeping an eye on the costs, but we knew we were gonna come to this day where we would need to raise more money to finish. Yeah, and we've never been a church that's all about the building. No. That's another reason we didn't wanna raise money for it, because like the building is not essential as much as the people are the church. We are the church, right? And we talk about that all the time. But at the same time, we want to advance in all these areas that God's called us to do. And if we're going to grow our church and community is a big part of that, we realized we need a bigger lobby. And, you know, it was just time. We felt like God was calling us to do it. And the reason is we want to build a space to host the presence of God, to see people born again. It's what's going to happen inside the building. It's not the building in and of itself. 
So just to let you know, we haven't touched the operating budget. The church is operating in the black. We've got plenty of money in savings to get us through the end of the year. We've got all the money in world missions. Uh, we've got money in our adoption fund. Like the, the church is doing fine because we haven't touched a dollar of the church's money for the remodel. Just if you're like, oh no, the church is broke. No, the church is doing great. And we're having a great year. In fact, we're having a year of growth. I know that the economy is down, but nobody has told you people that because your, your giving is still super generous. The church is doing amazing. Amazing. It's the remodel fund, the remodel account that we're going to need to put about $200,000 in it. Um, so the, the way to do this is um, a church our size, we run about four or 500 people, including online people. And um, we, it's a roughly $1.4, $1.5 million annual budget. We could raise this money over probably two years. But it's, you know, it, unless somebody is feeling extremely generous, it, it's not going to happen today. So what we're going to do, now, by the way, if you're feeling extremely generous, feel free to get us to yes, the finish line. believing God for the miraculous. Hallelujah. Come on. Um, <laughs> but we also need to be practical. So what we're going to do today is launch a pledge campaign that we want you to pray and ask the Lord, what dollar amount can I give over and above my tithe to put into the house of the Lord that I can sow a seed and I can reap revival? And uh, we'll do that over the next 18 months. So whatever the pledge you come up with, you've got until uh, December 31st of 2023 to pay off. And we're calling this campaign Rebuild, Rebuild Revive. Revive. Because we do the rebuilding now and then we're believing God for revival in the future. So Rebuild is our seed and Revival will be our harvest. So this is over and above your tithe. And what we're gonna do is the ushers are gonna come in the aisles and hand out a little pledge card. And we want you to pray about that. And this is a free will offering. We're not going to make you, we're not going to keep hammering on this for months and months. No. Every Sunday, we're going to talk about Rebuild, no. Revive. You know, we might mention it one more time for people that weren't here, but this is our ask. Yeah. If you want to have a personal stake in what God is doing and sow a seed to rebuild this building so that we can reap a harvest of revival, this is that chance. So a lot of churches, when they do a pledge campaign for a building project, um, the ushers are in the aisles, everybody take a pledge card, please. They will um, open a line of credit with the bank for whatever amount of money is pledged. And um, somebody asked, are we gonna open a line of credit with our bank? The short answer is, I don't know, maybe. I, we hate debt, and we hate spending God's money on interest. Um, but our bank is owned by a very strong uh, Christian uh, ownership group. Uh, they pray for our church on a weekly basis. They love our church. They love that we win souls. So just to ask the question, I reached out to the bank and I said, hey, what would it look like uh, if, if we open a line of credit so we can finish the construction of the building? And they said, well, we'll look at the finances, but you guys are strong. We definitely want to help you out. Um, so we're meeting with the bank this week to discuss the details but that does not mean we're opening a line of credit. If the, the, if the rates aren't good, if it's gonna waste a bunch of church money, we, we won't do it. If we don't have peace when we pray about it, we won't do it. And like, remember that verse we read earlier, Galatians chapter three, why are you being so foolish? You started in the spirit and you're ending in the flesh. We don't wanna end this thing in the flesh and just push the panic button and go, we gotta take a loan. Maybe, but only if it's favorable for our church and helps us, if, if we need to, then we'll just slowly finish this project, which is not our heart's desire. We don't wanna be dragging on a remodel for 18 months. Months, believe me. 
So. But yeah, but we're in faith. Yeah. We're not in fear. No. When we pray, we have excitement. And even excitement about this opportunity. As hesitant as we were for a pledge campaign and to ask for money for the remodel, once we started praying about it, now we're like super excited about yeah. it. We're like, wow, our whole church family is going to be invested in this. And also, the fact that all the prices have gone up and it went over budget it opens the door for something supernatural to happen where God can do what only he can do and get the glory for this. So Not true. just it's within our budget and so we did it and it didn't cost us anything and we didn't see God do a miracle. So I think it's an opportunity to see God move. So we sh this past week, we shared about the pledge campaign um, to our kingdom builders, which by the way, if you haven't heard of kingdom builders, so this is another family meeting thing. Family meeting. We have a dream team called kingdom builders. And if you have a gift of giving, that's a spiritual gift that Paul mentions in the book of Romans. Um, this is a team for you to join because it's those that we call on first to sow and meet the need financially when we have opportunities to give that come up in the church. And so um, they build the kingdom through finance. All you have to do if you want to join that team is to go on our website, click on the dream team under ministries and fill out an application and select kingdom builder team. If you have the gift of giving, please do that. But anyway, so we sent out an email sharing with our kingdom builders and we loved this because within minutes we got a response where somebody immediately said, thank you for finally asking. I've been wanting to be a part of this and pledged $10,000. And that was like within seconds of just sending that email. Yeah, come on. Yay, and so I generosity. That is just the first fruit of what God is going to do. So we don't need to raise $200,000. We only need to raise one hundred and ninety because one of you has already given the first $10,000. And I'll also say this. When Brad and Josie prayed personally, because we want to be invested in this, we we got giddy excited, not as the pastors, just as people, that we would have a stake in what God is gonna do here on this house, in this church. We were excited, like we felt the pleasure of God, the joy of God, like we got, we got super excited. Let me give you some practical details. We were talking to Russ and Joe um, and Brent, they're the, the men that are helping to oversee the, the remodel. There are several projects that we could actually save money if we had volunteers. Everything from like hanging toilet paper roll holders and mirrors in the bathroom to when we do a big uh, carpeting day at the end to help spread glue and carry, you know, uh, pallets of carpet. So uh, we could save money and labor by having some volunteer help. Uh, if you'd be willing to do that, then fill out a connect card and put on the bottom, hey, I'd be willing to help. Just put me on whatever text list. In fact, put your phone number on there. We do have a text group and we could get some help in that area. Let me explain to you the practical sides of how this is going to work. You're going to pray. Please don't write a number down, you're going to pray. You're going to ask God. If you don't get a number, don't, don't give. If you don't get a number today, then don't write a number down just for funsies. Take it home with you. Pray about it. Turn it in next week. Um, and then you're going to write that down. Uh, turn in the pledge card, and then um, we're going to take all of that into the office. Uh, Lene, who is our administrator, she'll type all of that into your profile on the Planning Center giving app, and then uh, that's going to open a pledge campaign for you for the next 18 months. Every donation that you give in the drop down, right below tithes and offerings, it says remodel fund, rebuild and revive. Every dollar you give is gonna go against your pledge. There's nothing you have to do, it'll automatically be done. You pledge $1,000 and you give $100 to rebuild and revive, it's automatically deducted from your pledge uh, campaign all the way until December 31st, 2023. And I just want to point back to the story we read, Brad read in Ezra about the temple being rebuilt. You know, the people of God were in captivity, but there were prophetic words 
talking about the rebuilding of the temple and that sparked hope in people's hearts. And then God commanded, okay, it's time, it's time to go build. And there was obedience. And I feel like it so is exactly what God is doing. There have been all these prophetic words, even about our building and about revival happening here. And then we felt led to do this remodel and we stepped out in obedience. And that is what opens the heavens for God to move. So we're going to be obedient to the prophetic words that God has given over our church. And we're going to step out and continue to believe him to meet us as we're doing that. All right, we're going to wrap this up with a verse that everybody knows. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 7. Everybody must give as they've decided in their heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Here are my rules. I want you to pray. I want you to ask God. I want to be generous. I want to give into the house of the Lord. I want my heart to be, my, my, my treasure to be where my heart is. I want to be invested. I want to, I want to buy a chair that somebody is going to sit in and get born again. I want to be invested. If you can't do that with a smile on your face, I don't want you to give a single dollar. I know we need to raise money, but as a leader and after somebody who's been through four, what I would consider failed building campaigns, if you can't give in hope and joy and in faith and in, in, in praying and believing God for revival in this house, for what all God's done for 30 years to continue for the next 30 years until the next guy has to remodel it, then I, I don't want you to give at all. Because I want you to give because you're excited to give, because you're passionate to give, because you want to give. Do not give because you feel like you have to give under any circumstances. And what we're gonna do right now is we're gonna take a little bit of time to worship yeah. and we want to make this really a, an act of intercession so the ushers are going to come forward and we wanted um, before we put the carpet and before we paint the stage you know some of those prophetic words or the things that God is doing in our church as we're sowing the seed what we're really doing is we're believing for revival what come is on. revival it's salvation right and we're believing God for many people to get born again so we're going to put up here um, buckets or little cups with sharpies and we want you Walmart to come. Walmart Sharpies. Walmart Sharpies. They're off-brand Sharpies. Hello for saving money. So um, we are putting out, the ushers are coming and putting out pens for you. And I want you to come up and write a scripture or a prophetic word or your name, whatever you want to put. Because we're going to paint this stage. But we want that to be here as the foundation of this altar. So as we sow tangibly, we want that to make just to be here, <laughs> lasting forever. And then we have this bucket right up here that says Rebuild Revive, and we want you to bring up your pledge card if you're ready to do so. If not, we're gonna keep this bucket out for the next few Sundays, and you can bring your card back next Sunday. But worship, pray over our church, pray for revival, come write down what God shows you, or even just sign your name, and then bring your pledge card. So yes, the stage probably this week is gonna get painted over, so no one's gonna see it. But it's a part of the stage. It's a part of the altar. It's a part of what God's doing here. You feel me? Like, you're like, well, they're just going to paint over it. I know, but it means something that the, the verse that you um, gave or the, the, the phrase that you wrote down or your family invested in this house, it means something that you wrote it on that stage because it's under the paint, but it's permanently there forever until it's torn down. Online? If you're watching online. We have a lot of people that are a part of our church online, um, and I love you guys, and I'm so grateful for the way that you're invested, and you're like, listen, I don't need a building because I just watch you online. Listen, if we don't have this building, you don't have an online church to watch. So 
I know your heart for generosity and your heart to serve and your heart to be invested. And uh, some of you, for health reasons, you're home, but you're, you're working on your health and hoping to get back on campus. Whatever that looks like, I still want you to pray. And um, you can't fill out a card and drop it in the bucket today, but what you can do is send an email to hello at uncommonchurch.tv. Hey, this is you know Bob and Susie. We prayed and we believe we wanna pledge X number of dollars. Lene will add you into the pledge campaign as well. So hello at uncommonchurch.tv. Just email your pledge in and we'll get it added this week. And if you want something put on the altar, like we have oh, the yeah. lions watching from far away, write it in the email and we'll personally come up here and write it before we paint so that if you're watching online, you can also get your scripture yeah. or your thought written down to be a part of the foundation of our church. Somebody with better handwriting than I will write it on the stage for you. So, because it won't be legible if I do it. Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Church Podcast. If this message has impacted your life, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. And for more information on our church community, you can click the link in the description or visit uncommonchurch.tv.